Now, um, Zari, you've, you've got a little story to tell us, something that God's done in your life recently. Tell us about it. What, what, what's been going on? Yeah, so this was fairly recent, um, a few months ago. So um, I just had a routine uh, cervical screening, uh, and it came back that I had some abnormal cells. So the letter came back, and I was a bit like, you know, go with it. Something's going to come out of this. I'm not sure what it is, but not too worried. Um, we were due to go on holiday. It was the last half term, so we were all packed up and ready to go. And just before we left, I went through the mailbox, found another letter that had been delivered that morning, uh, which, <laughs> which said I had to go for, um, because of the finding of the abnormal cells, they'd like me to go for what's called a let's treatment, so uh, where they burn the, the cells off that they found. So that was a bit of a blow, whereas at first I didn't really know much about it. You then start Googling into things, and it was all a bit scary then. Um, so I decided before we went on the holiday in that very moment that I was just going to give it to God and not worry about it, not let it affect um, me or my thoughts or our holiday or anything um, that was going to go go on and go around. And Which is like easier that. said than done. Far easier said than done, right. but I did get this massive whoosh of, of relief. It just I kind okay. of just said, this is not my issue. You have a plan, whatever this is. Okay. We're going to deal with it. And I just kind of passed it to God, as I usually do, and just said, look, this is, this is not yeah. my, my thing. This is something led by you, and I trust that you are going to do whatever you're going to do with it. I didn't know. Um, but I thought I wasn't going to get into thinking and looking and doing. I just mm -hmm. thought, I'm just going to, yeah. this is your... This is our journey, but yeah. this is you're gonna you're gonna carry me. And, and is it, are these cancerous cells or precancerous? Yeah, so these or, are precancerous okay. cells, and okay. um, it, it, it's all sort of in like a, a scale of sure, things. Sure. Um, the routine smear that I had was over a year late because I had a baby in between and had to yeah. wait and things like that. So it added more okay. sort of pressure that. Um, they didn't have my new address on the system, so the letter was a bit sort of delayed and, and okay. all sorts of things. So there was lots of things around it, which was a bit more stressful than yeah. it usually would be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just sort of decided then and there that I was going to give it to God and just was going to go with the flow, really. So it didn't particularly affect me um, until a month later when I was due to go and have the LETS um, treatment. And it was on the Monday, and on the Sunday here, I came and got a bit of prayer with Kat in the corner, and okay. I sort of said to her, look, Kat, I'm not praying for anything marvellous, just that me and my family will be able to deal with this, you know, there's, there's a journey, there's a plan, there's a something happening here, and we're just going with it, and we're just going to see what happens, and, you know, I'm not asking for anything wonderful's happened just that we'd have the strength to be able to get through it so you're asking for non-wonderful prayer <laughs> yeah. just normal help me get through it yeah. prayer. okay just strength i guess yeah. just just yeah. strength and endurance to be able to go with the flow and see and see what what comes out of this um and kat sort of said there uh sat and sort of said you know in her beautiful way that's not what we're going to do we're going to ask for this amazing testimony to happen so you can tell stories with your children and their children and children to come and everybody that you come in contact with, this is going to be an amazing thing. And I sort of sat there and thought, wow, that's wonderful because that's not what I've asked for, but this is your right, vision. Right, so that's rogue prayer minister <laughs> not agreeing to pray what you've asked for prayer for. Yeah. I'm so just I, giving you the upgrade there. Okay. And I kind of left church feeling very comforted, very sort of... Um, loved very sort of looked after and very okay. sort of you know 
she has this vision, she has these words, they're so powerful, they, they must have meaning to them. And were you aware of anything as you were being prayed for, or just normal uh, sort of prayer? And it's just, it, well, I just felt very held, yeah. I guess, very sort yeah. of protected in that, in, in that moment, um, and left feeling good, feeling positive, not, you know, again, I had already given it to God, so I wasn't focusing too much on it, and I just okay. kind of thought, we'll just just go with the flow yeah um that monday morning turned up at the hospital um a consultant came and met me and he said look we might have to do a biopsy um i've got your bits and bobs and we're just gonna see what happens i'm gonna burn off all of the abnormal cells and then we'll see what stage you're at um so we'll just take a little biopsy and see from that where we're gonna where we're, what we're gonna do where we're gonna yeah. go with that and i had already thought you know if it's above a stage two i'm gonna have a hysterectomy i've been so lucky with children you know <laughs> i was okay. just like we're good to go you know it doesn't matter what happens wow. let's just do it then and there um, so he was like well we'll just see what, what what happens when um when we do the procedure so went down for the procedure and um I work in, in, in the hospital for years and out in the community in midwifery and stuff. So we were just talking about that. And he said, oh, do you want to see and watch it on the camera? And I said, yeah, that's great. You know, I've never seen one of these procedures. Great. So, <laughs> so they, they put a little serum on that sort of uh, turns all the abnormal cells um, a bright colour and then they, they burn it off. So they just sort of get rid of as much as they can. Um, and we sort of waited for this serum to work and nothing was happening. We okay. kind of awkwardly kind of went, oh, what, you know, can we go and get some more serum, try this again, this okay. and the other. So here it was, I was sort of sat there a bit, bit worried, but a bit anxious and thinking sure. what's going on. And he was sort of looking at his assistants like, oh, can you go and get this, that and the other. So it was all a bit, oh, I was thinking, is this negative? Is this, I don't really know what's going on. Tried it again and nothing happened again. And he just turned to me and he said, Miss um, Rose, I can't find anything, nothing, not one abnormal cell. I see nothing wrong with your cervix. It looks very healthy and amazing. I don't quite know why you've been sent here. We don't know <laughs> what's gone on. And I just thought, wow. So I looked at him and I said, I know what's going on exactly. That is my God. And I went for prayer wow. and my prayer was answered. And yeah, we've, we've been amazed. Um, my children were very involved, were very open and very sort of talky and my family were there and everybody had the kids at home waiting and when we got back and, you know, I thought, I'm going to ring them and I thought, no, we're not, we're going to wait and we kind of came home and that was it. I, I did exactly what, Cot, uh, exactly what Kat had said, you know, I said and said my testimony about there is nothing there, girls, there is nothing there yes. and it was amazing and it was so... It was relief, but it was such a good thing for us all to share, I think. It was such a nice wow. um, testimony to tell, and it was lovely. It was, wow. it was something that I'm going to be telling yeah. for many generations And, and what to come. did the consultant make of it? Because well, that is a little pictures. bit awkward. Yeah, it was, like, it was slightly... Hmm. So he, first of all, was in a bit of disbelief, thought that his serum wasn't working, so <laughs> went and got some more serum. Okay. That still wasn't working. Okay. So then he started to take pictures and put them, upload them to my file so that, you know, he could have some sort of evidence backing sure, up against sure. him. There is nothing wrong with this. And then he sent, he sent me for another Lest. I haven't had it okay. yet, but another one to sort of just see. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he was wow. he was just as taken back as I was, and it was it was a good a good moment, a, a very good moment. So, yeah, amazing. That is my, that let's is give glory, glory to God. Wow, <laughs> miracle worker, incredible. Well, let's just pray for you, Lord. We thank you for Zara. We thank you for this story, and actually that this is a 
actually a testimony for her, for her family and actually will be talked about in the future and generations to come. We thank you for your grace and your healing and we thank you for this miracle. And uh, yeah, we pray your blessing on her and her family now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Zara, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Wowzers. Now, I'm not going to lie. It's going to be hard to share a story after that. You're like, yeah, I got a parking space this morning. Glory to God. You know, <laughs> that can happen. But is there anything anyone would like to say or share with us this morning? In case they do. I don't, and it's not like top trumps, like you've got to have a better one than that. But I just thought I'd ask in case there was something. Okay. All right. So I'm just going to share with you briefly. Um, in many ways, that story that Zara has shared is, is kind of what we're about, that we recognize that actually God is at work, whether we see it or not. There's something of coming to church, sleepy on a Sunday morning, and encountering God. And, I mean, one of the lessons of that story is get Cat Gray to pray for you, okay? And Cat's here, and a faithful prayer minister, someone who loves to just say, God, bless this person and be at work. And I just want to share for a few moments about um, what we see God up to here. Um, so the 9.15 service, uh, we started meeting together back in the building last September. And with all the disruption of COVID and not being around and able to meet together, it's been, um, it's been a funny time, actually, not just for us as a service, but for us as a church community, as people are sort of slowly regathering and reconnecting. We found there's been really significant, important families to us who've been part of church life, who have um, connected with other church communities. Uh, we've also found that quite a few of our lovely families have been getting involved with Southside, which is a new church plant that we're starting in the south of, uh, of Bristol. And also sort of people just kind of finding their way back into church. And so maybe they're not kind of regularly coming every week, but sort of every other week or once a month or whatever. This, it's been a bit of the picture of how we found. It feels like we're sort of slowly rebuilding but it has been sort of quiet. In fact, it's been a lot sort of smaller and quieter here together, which I've actually really enjoyed. And lots of people said, oh, it's not quite as hectic and frantic as it was back in the day when we were rammed and it was just chaos as we were all chasing after our families. Um, I think we, we find that as we've been rebuilding, there are some challenges that we have just as a, a 9.15 service within the bigger Woody's hole. We, we turn up at sort of 9.15, but certainly by 9.30, if not 9.40. We don't actually have a lot of time together before half 10 arrives, and then we're zooming off to collect our children. And so I feel the lack of that mingling time, chance to be together where we're just chatting and catching up and doing life together, um, that can be hard for us to do. And one of the reasons we've done our family service, which is the first Sunday of every month, was that it was a slightly shorter service to have more engagement with families and everyone together, being able to do stuff together, to worship together, to explore and enjoy God together. But also that we finish and we have a bit of mingling time, a bit of chance before we have to sort of dash off to be with one another and, and get to know people. I'm really aware of that for people who are new and newer to Woody's and to the 915 service, that there's actually a chance to build relationships and connect. Because otherwise what we'll do is we'll put on a service 
But actually what we want is people to find a place of belonging and connection. And that takes time and investment. So things like our socials, like going to Dave and Liz's for lunch in a couple of Sundays' time. We're going to be doing a number of socials throughout the summer. Really is a chance that we have chance to get together and do life together and get to know each other more. I'm also really aware of connecting midweek in home groups and midweek groups is a real challenge. I'm part of a home group and a lot of us, by the time it gets to Tuesday at 8 o'clock, are asleep, dead, can't remember our names and pretty much it, we're done. It's a challenge with young families and busy work and everything else, how we even find those connections and pathways. But it's something that we do want to do and we're going to be talking and trying to get in touch with everyone just to say, how can we help you connect? What would that look like? For some people, it might be a, a kind of regular weekly or fortnight nightly midweek group and that's going to be great but for others it might be once a month having lunch together or doing stuff but we want to help people feel connected and journeying with other people doesn't have to be loads but we'd love to do that um, I guess I was talking to someone from church yesterday and I said to be honest the biggest challenge to my faith has probably been becoming a parent it's been the most disruptive and the most upside downy challenging journey it's been wonderful and I love having kids but the reorientating of everything my devotional life my sense my capacity my everything has been challenged in a way that was very different and I've never experienced that before and uh, Ruth who's also part of the team uh, she's away on holiday this week but she's really passionate about wanting to help families and parents be resourced spiritually and I'm really grateful to her of how she wants to really help champion parents in your spiritual life and also for your family life as well. So I'm really grateful for Ruth doing that. And our vision as a 9.15 service is really simple. We want to have a brilliant time when we're all together, uh, all in the same room. Something that works for all of us, this sort of intergenerational mums and dads and kids and everything else, actually have a chance to encounter and, and kind of connect with with God and with one another. But also we want to have brilliant children's ministry and we want to have great ministry to parents, to the adults as well. And I'm really grateful for many people who serve regularly in children's ministry in the children's groups. Because since gathering together, Laura Harris, who's our children's minister, took on the role in lockdown. It's been super hard work for her as she's been trying to get lots of groups and ministries going again. And she's, she's done unbelievably well. But a big thank you to a lot of you who regularly every month, if not more, get involved to serve and to help. And that's a big deal for us because... Many people come to our church, newer families, because they want their children to find a place of connection and belonging. And, we're, and if it doesn't work for the children, it's not going to work for them, you know? And so we really want Woody's to be a place where our children are connected with one another and have friendships. And actually we see investing in it at this time when they then hit the teens and all the other stuff that goes on. They might not be so into church. They might not be so into God, but they've got friends and people they're doing life with that they want to be with and want to see. Again, we're aware there's challenges there. We're a city church. We're not a small parish church. So people are all over the city. Often we don't see each other until we gather again on a Sunday. 
And so there's some challenges that we find as well of just what we're doing. But also, I'm really proud of the children's ministry and the children's groups, the football ministry. Big shout to Ben Outvassar and Tim Crow, who've done a huge amount to really drive that forward. And it's been such an important place of connecting. And again, especially for younger people where maybe the challenge of a regular group is hard, but a passion for football, but also loving Jesus. And we believe in both. Come on, Liverpool, next year. So we, we, really, we really value that and people are, are being drawn to Woody's because of what we're able to offer. But I'm, I don't want to underestimate at all the huge level of serving and commitment that's been made by many people here to resource that. And I, I really thank you for that. And so, um, yeah, we want our children to feel connected and known. So even for Laura, doing the tea club social group so kids can be around or spree weekend that's happening at the end of June just opportunities where children get to connect and build groups. I guess this is all normal church stuff, right? This is what we hope for and stuff, but it's a lot of work goes into it. And it's not been an easy season of rebuilding and regathering. And we feel we're still in the midst of that. Um, something that I want to acknowledge is for some of us, our faith has been really rocked and we're wobbly. And actually, that can be hard coming to a church where we're singing Waymaker and God's Amazing, where actually our own sense of our faith and our faith journey can actually feel not so secure. We've got a course starting in June called Shifting Faith, which is for people with real questions around their faith and to have a, an open space to discuss that and even critique it. Actually, what have I grown up with? Maybe that's not actually working for me anymore and we see that's a really important part we love that uh, place of exploring and looking at faith we love that in alpha for people joining and wanting to explore the christian faith is really important to us this space for those conversations and questions to happen but it's also true for us as as christians maybe you've been a christian for a long time but you know, actually, there's a place of revisiting or maybe needing to re-establish faith. So that course is happening in June called Shifting Faith. And again, really want to commend that, recommend that, if that's going to be helpful to you. Finally, um, I think we are in a place where we're wanting to help people connect. I've got a little Bible verse I'm going to read to you, and then I'm going to get Dave up. This is in 1 Peter 4. This is a letter that Peter is writing to lots of churches. It says this, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray and above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling and each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in all its forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves... They should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Two things there. One is offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. I love the fact that people have been grumbling offering hospitality. They've had people around for lunch like, oh, I can't believe they're here again. <laughs> He's had to put that in. Offer hospitality. Please don't grumble though. All right, that's not so good. That kind of diminishes it. I think for a lot of us, our, our family, our home life is the centre of things. And I would love to encourage you to think, who could you invite round 
for lunch, Sunday lunch once a month, someone else. Maybe a newer family that, again, are just kind of finding their way into church. Or maybe a family that's been around for ages, but you just don't know them. I think the gift of hospitality is a profound and important gift. And I would love to encourage you and invite you to think, oh, how could we do that? What could that look like? I know many of you do, so I'm not sort of putting that as a heavy thing. But I think there's a, there's a gift there to us as a community where we're able to offer hospitality to one another. And the passage, Peter encourages people, whatever your gift is that God has given you, use that to serve, to build up, and to encourage. And again, I know many of you do. And I think church should be a fruitful place where you get to feel I'm able to serve and use my gifts in order to build up others and to do what God is doing. So again, if you feel a bit dissatisfied, like, oh, I don't really feel I'm getting stuck in, then, um, then do talk to me and I'd love to be with you in that and think, oh, what could that look like? But I'm going to get Dave up before we completely run out of time. Uh, Dave, um, I would love you just to share with us a little bit of your sense of what God is up to, not just for us as a service here, but maybe as a broader thing for the church as well. Thanks. What you and the team do here. One of the things that is foundational for us as a church is that we're a church that has been brought into being really through a, a desire to see our city transformed and to live in, in the power of the Holy Spirit. And in January, I was sharing a bit of a prophetic word for the year about nursery, new life, planting, uh, but also that sense of um, in 1 Corinthians 3 where Paul says, I, I can't address you as spiritual. And, and you know, one of the things that the, the New Testament says is the work of the Spirit is for everyone. The language is, is always deeply inclusive. But the New Testament often also warns us that we are not keeping in step with the Holy Spirit. It warns us not to grieve or quench the Holy Spirit. It asks us questions about, you, know, you began the Spirit, what, what are you doing now? And the reality is, you know, that for, it's so easy to manage out the work of the Holy Spirit. And one thing that I sense around the church at the moment, and not just in our church, but around the nation, is a hunger for more of God's Holy Spirit. And I think that may come partly as we rebuild coming out of um, COVID where life has been hard, actually, and where it's been hard to celebrate the life of God among us in worship and ministry and all the things that require being in the same room and touching one another. But um, I think also it's something that God sovereignly does from time to time is he stirs up, he woos us, he calls out for us a desire for him. And I, I'm really conscious of that desire for God. And we've been running a course on Tuesdays. It's happening this coming Tuesday, actually. We're looking at prophecy. But it's, on, on, it's called Empowered. It's about the power of the Spirit. And you know, probably about 100 people have shown up for that. And, and there's been a real sense of hunger for God in the room. As we've taught and then opened up for ministry, also a real sense of the power of God in the room. And people experiencing some quite um, significant and signs of God's, God's with us, but also, you know, last week, it's wonderful hearing people saying how the, what a difference it makes their week, sharing their faith, praying for people. And I suppose part of what we're looking for um, across the Woodlands Church family at the moment is to be renewed in the power of God's Holy Spirit. And there's always resistance to that. Some of that is internal. Paul, Paul writes in Galatians about the, the flesh and the spirit, how they're antagonists. Sometimes it's external. Whenever Jesus did a miracle, people get annoyed. You know, there'd be a backlash against that. 
There are, there are spiritual powers that hate the work of God. You know, th- th- there's all that going on. And there's also us. The fact is that to live in the Spirit requires a, a level of vulnerability, an openness to what only God can do, that we actually find tricky, inconvenient, scary. It's much easier to kind of turn into an organization than to lean into the work of the Holy Spirit. But actually, around the, the Woodland Church family, that's what we're seeking to do. We've, we're building a, a closer relationship with, with the Soul Survivor Network of Churches. It was great to have Mike Pilavachi down. That was quite intentional to have a naturally supernatural day. But just hearing um, Zara's story today, that's a naturally supernatural event to see healing break out into someone's life. But we're looking for that in so many ways and to feel that real sense of empowering. So... That's our prayer, really, that we'd go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. We'd keep in step with him and walk with him. Um, We're we're just going to take a moment, actually, to welcome the Holy Spirit and just ask for the Holy Spirit to fill us and renew us now. And we won't go back into worship and music. We'll just just take this moment just to pray. And, Dave, are you okay just to pray for us as we... We do that. And again, if you're not used to this, that's totally fine. We just welcome the presence of Jesus to come and, and be with us. And we sense by his spirit with us that sometimes that God is then ministering. We say actually kind of active, doing work in our lives. And it might be that you have a need this morning that you're very aware of, that you're holding. And that might be that what you want to give to God as we as we pray and welcome his, his spirit here. But yeah, feel free just to watch or be part of this as we just... Take the next few moments to pray.